from the ESPN 690 and the Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, it's Tuesdays from Top Golf here on ESPN 690. Welcome aboard here on a Tuesday. And, uh, oh, my, what a story in the NFL yesterday. And I'm not talking about Lamar Jackson's incredible second-half performance or the collapse of the Colts, but instead John Gruden. That is uh, really the story of the last 24 hours in the NFL. And where else does it lead? Because the story, while it's not done, it kind of got at least a period put at the end of it with a resignation in a hurry uh, by John Gruden. But I think more fascinating now is what else does this lead to and what other issues internally do the NFL have? Does the NFL have uh, with its higher ups? That's something to keep an eye on uh, for sure. Brent Martin, Austin Lane here at Top Golf. Come on out, Josh Kobe will join us from five until six. I get, he can't wait probably to talk about all the kicking problems in the NFL. Oh, I'm sure he can't wait to talk about that. Uh, I mean, uh, and probably his double eagle at the ninth hole on TPC Sawgrass yesterday. I saw that. that. Too, so. Pretty impressive, Mr. Scobie. Yeah. Um, good thing he switched to golf and he's not kicking anymore. Because nobody can make it. Well, I mean, he could be in high demand right now as well. How about, yeah, you're right, actually. He could yeah. probably name his price. For sure. Uh, how about uh, our man Calais Campbell with a big couple plays yesterday? Yeah, it was good, good to see good him to see. show up, absolutely. It's so funny to me, right, because everybody loves Calais. We love Calais. I'm certainly biased toward Calais. I've uh, spent a lot of time around him over a few years. But I just love how the Jags fans love Calais and love to see Calais do well. Mm -hmm. And that's so different than, like, anybody else that leaves. You know, yeah, especially yeah. a guy like Jalen, but I'm not even just Jalen. I mean, it's not like people want to see Ronnie Harrison do that well up in Cleveland. You know, sure. it's not like they really want to see Leonard Fournette, although I think they're a little bit indifferent, especially because James Robinson, what he's been able to do. Mm -hmm. But it's wild, right, how much collectively like, you can't say it loud enough how much in three years Calais Campbell endeared himself to an organization, a city, a fan base, that it felt like he was here for 13 years. No, for sure. It's obviously all that he did in the community. It's all that he did on the field. And it's really the way that he left, where I think it left a lot of people kind of shocked and surprised, you know. And it wasn't really bad blood, per se. They just they decided to go in a different direction, and they traded him to Baltimore with, with a chance for him to shine there and obviously win a Super Bowl. So they did him a favor by trading him to Baltimore. But it was unexpected. Um, I remember the day that it happened, just, you know, how shocked I was because you're letting go of, of a veteran guy who uh, it was fantastic in that locker room. But, yeah, I mean, just the way that he left, the way they did the things they did for the community, uh, of course people are going to cheer for him because he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so Calais Campbell with a big play, and uh, they continue to win and pull it out. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, Lamar Jackson uh, in that performance in a bit. But John Gruden really is the story around the NFL. You know, this came out, I think it was on Friday. Mm -hmm. Then it was a weekend story. And then, man, it blew up, kind of like in the middle of our show. I think it was the New York Times uh, actually put that article out. And... It was like, boom, 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 see it. I mean, yeah. it was quick. And you're not coming back from that now. I mean, that's no surprise, I guess, from a resignation or firing or, or something. Uh, but I, I guess, are we surprised? Um, John Gruden is a kind of like this lovable character over the years as sure. well. So yeah. are we even more surprised that it's him? Um and, and just the whole thing of it, now that we seem to kind of get away from a lot of this stuff, I would say, in the last few years, but we are reminded in a moment like this that this has been like this for a long time, whether it's in corporate America, the NFL, or sports in general. Yeah, um, I am surprised that, that John Gruden um, 
you know, said all of those things. I'll be honest with you. And then this span, well, it was eight years, I believe. So it wasn't just a one-time yeah, thing. 2018, I mean, yeah. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a reoccurring thing. And I get it. If you slip up one time, you just had a bad sense of judgment, okay. Uh, but saying, you know, derogatory things over and over and over again, that's who you are. You know, that's a, that's a character trait. So, first of all, I'm not surprised that he resigned because I'm not sure how you're going to face the guys in that locker room when the locker room that has an openly gay football player, number one, a locker room that is made up of uh, black players, number two. I had no idea I was going to face that locker room. So, I'm not surprised that he got let go. And at the end of the day, you know, the NFL has made themselves pretty clear that they're, they're trying to put the best foot forward and, and, and trying to change things and players alike, right? And... And the things that John Gruden said, whether it was two years ago, three years ago, or five years ago, those derogatory comments, they make you a break on the wheel of progress. And then and, and there's no need for that. I'm not saying that John Gruden will never coach again at any kind of capacity or he'll never get another job again. But I'm saying right now, there's no need for you. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he will get another coaching gig. Now, years from now, who knows? Maybe it happens. We've seen... A lot of people get coaching jobs, but uh, I think this is it for him. And, you know, from a football standpoint, I thought he was actually doing a good job year by year by year of kind of moving forward with the Raiders. They were 3-0, and 3-1, and and then you could t I don't know if they were distracted by it, but mm -hmm. it seemed like they might have been distracted by it Sunday against Chicago. Didn't play that well. And now this, and you wonder kind of what happens to the Raiders. Like, they looked like they were a threat, and now, boom, does it blow up with the Raiders, or do they galvanize? You know, same questions we're kind of asking here in Jacksonville. Uh, but this isn't really about football. I mean, this is about leadership. This is about uh, people. Uh, this is about, you know, I, I get so tired of, hearing and seeing like hey you gotta be careful what you say and what you say well, how about we just don't talk like that yeah right i mean simple. isn't this quite simplistic like do we have to have a conversation about this happens mm -hmm. i mean listen everybody's fired off like uh it's you know uh expletive laden whatever sure probably in a text yes. maybe even in an email yes uh yeah sometimes. maybe <laughs> yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah. like but why does anybody talk to this extent to like this, yeah. you know, and and then you can say after that maybe, well, why would you ever put it in writing if you did talk like that? But let's start with why do you ever talk like that? Uh, from locker room talk to buddy on a golf course talk to any talk, I mean, this shouldn't infiltrate people's minds and vocabulary, yeah. uh, quite frankly. And I know we are in a different place with a lot of this stuff now than even five years ago and ten years ago. But again, it doesn't matter if it to me that it was in writing or on a text or whatever. It's the fact that somebody would even think to talk like this on a regular basis. Not even just a one-off thing, Austin, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, sure. the DeMora Smith stuff was, okay, maybe that's a one-off thing. He shouldn't have said that or he had an explanation for it. You can believe him or not. Mm -hmm. um, or he even, I think, had said I was in a bad place at that moment. Mm -hmm. Well, you're in a bad place for seven years to talk like this? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, whether it's John Gruden or anybody, uh, I don't. I don't understand the context and conversation being like this in a normal setting over a period of time or at all. Well, yeah, for sure. And, and when we talk about John Gruden, you talk about a guy who was on Monday Night Football, who was all over ESPN, who's, who's had his brand and his personality in media. And, you know, now who was one of 32 NFL coaches who, who just got let go, but, like, 
like you said, like this is a this is a character trait. This isn't a one-off here. You you use derogatory language for all groups of people, not just one section, but literally all groups of people. So, in terms of bigotry, like that, that's not going to obviously stand in the NFL. But it also presents the picture of okay, this is an NFL coach. He has circles. I guarantee he talks like this in his circles. Is nobody holding this guy accountable? Is nobody going out and saying, hey, John, maybe you shouldn't say that because, I don't know, it's 2018 or 2007, whatever the case may be. Like, well, we, we act like, oh, it's 2021. Like, you know, 2018 was so long ago. It really wasn't. It was three or four years ago. Yeah, it was, it was. And, and that language that was used would not have flown back then. It ain't going to fly today. So the fact that he said it over and over again, and, and nobody in his circles, we talk about the coaching circles all the time, the good old boy network, if you will. The fact that nobody wants to hold that dude accountable he probably could have saved him a lot of pain and suffering if he did, but nobody did. I assume he talked like that in public to his friends and stuff like that because you don't just email somebody in your work emails and then not say that stuff to your circle as well. Listen, we are. I told somebody this today. I was talking to Rich Jones, actually. That's about it. And, you know, you we are all in different settings. You were in a locker room setting, right? Sure. I mean, I was in a locker room setting way back when, when the kids were super immature and probably said some things. Like, again, probably one-off things that I would have heard, and I've been like, hey, that's not really cool. Or mm-hmm. I mean, heck, just just the derogatory nature of anything, you know, never mind pointed at a certain race or, or sex or, or anything else. Just the way you say something, like, my gosh, why did I say that? anything like that? <laughs> but... We're all also still today, still around people that say something or a word or something that kind of goes off. And I'm like, did he just say that or she just say, did they really just say that? Like, why would you say that? And why would you say that out loud? Mm-hmm. You have a, you're, you're not, if that's the way you think and feel, like, why would you even say that out loud, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the next step of it is, okay, now you want to say you put it in writing and or other things. Um, Again, that's where we got to go back to is the root of it, though. I think I think today's generation is rooting out a lot of that kind of talk. Mm-hmm. I think because sure. of the progress that has been made, like you said, it's a break in the in the wheel of progress. But I think there's so much progress made, and I've always thought this was a hand-me-down thing parentally. Mm-hmm. You know, most people that talk say like that mm-hmm. comes from you were growing up in a world that it was okay to talk like that, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, and so I believe, I've always believed that whether it comes to race or about women or, or anything else, that it's still going to take time to get everybody out of that because it's a generational thing. Sure. Like, if you're 18 years old right now and your parents still talk like that, you're probably going to be willing to say something like that at some point. No, I mean, So that's, that's not going to end until you end it for your kids at 18 years. Sure. You know what no, I mean? You're, you grow up as a product of your environment. Yeah. And, and you're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. So absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah, and so... But because what we see is, how old is John Gruden now? Like 58, 55, something yeah. like that, right? I mean, I don't see a lot of these things coming from the Sean McVays of the world, right? This younger no, generation no, of coaches, right? Uh, John Gruden's uh, 58 years old. Yeah, so yeah. I see this coming from, obviously, older generations. When they thought this was okay, or they grew up around this kind of stuff, where this was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a separation, by the way, of... There is a culture in male-dominated sports that also allows for this kind of conversation and talk to be sometimes humorous mm-hmm. and just banter back and forth. And if you look at the email circle, circle that he was in, it was Bruce Allen, obviously a prominent figure with Washington. It was other business leaders, if you look at that New York Times article. And this is kind of the way they have conversations. 
Like, this is not a one-off thing. This was normal. And for that, John Gruden is done. I mean, he's no, absolutely well, done. He's yeah. a fantastic media personality on TV, on ESPN over the years. I think a lot of people fell in love with him. And he won't even have the opportunity to do that again. No. And at the end of the day, if we're expecting these NFL players to lead the, the way in social change and causes and all this stuff, then the people that are, that are put in charge of the players have to even set a better example. Absolutely. And, and John Gruden did not set an example. And I, I'm not sure what the exit interview was like in that locker room, whether he even talked to his players. I'm not sure what his players even think about him. I'll tell you what, I'd be upset if I found out he was saying those things um, in emails, whether it was three years ago or five, six, seven years. It doesn't matter. Like, I would, I would definitely be upset because you're a guy who's supposed to be brought in to change a culture, to, to lead men. And there's just no room for that language. Is, is John Gruden going to be the only fall in all of this? And I don't mean fall guy, meaning he was kind of the guy that they, I mean, he earned what he got, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. But there are other people that probably should be getting stuff out of these emails, is my guess. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure this goes a, a lot deeper than we even care to want to look, to tell you the truth. Um, will he be the only one? What about Dave I mean, Snyder? Well, I was going to say, I think, you know, it warrants at least a look in Washington to see what transpired there because, you know, Snyder has had his name tied to some controversy before. So to sit here and say, you know, he's fine, all his emails cleared, I find that very hard to believe with what transpired in Washington. So he, he could be another guy. I think, I mean, honestly, I think coaches today are taking a long, hard look at themselves in terms of, all right, do I have to delete some stuff? Should I delete some text messages? It's, it's uh, not going to help you. Well, no, it's not going to help you. I mean, everyone's got their receipts, but... Um, I think this is going to set a precedent on how coaches go about in terms of their behavior and maybe changing some of their old school ways a little bit. Yeah, well, and uh, well, and I think, by the way, I think that's happened already. Like, I'm not sure John Gruden was talking like this the last three years. I think he was in an environment where he wasn't going to do that, given the change that had taken place, the mm. progress, and knowing that, okay, my ears are up on this, I'm not going to say anything because that might, you know what I mean? He was yeah. cognizant of it. He obviously didn't give a care what he said before. Um, for seven years because he never uh, I say this I think there's such an uh, they, they just don't you talk about a 58 year old guy 2011 emailing these kind of things mm -hmm. there's no clue John Gruden even know that someday that somebody else could see that that's my point like they're just yeah. they're, they're they don't get it Mm -hmm. You know, they don't understand how that works. Yeah, yeah. Like, they don't, they don't understand. Today, everybody understands that, okay, if I say something right now, somebody's actually probably seeing it anywhere in China anyway. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. going to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's a totally different animal. But why this doesn't stop is, first of all, I wonder if Daniel Snyder and all the stuff that's going on with Washington should be paying a price for the, a bigger price mm -hmm. for what has transpired in Washington the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. and, and for Bruce Allen's actions, for keeping that guy as long as he did in these kind of contexts, for the sexual allegations, uh, the trainer now in Washington is involved in something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is not stopped in Washington, and that doesn't even have to do anything with the nickname, Correct. right? Correct. Uh, and so Daniel Snyder, you have to start to wonder, is there any backlash for a guy like a Bruce Allen type uh, in this, even though he's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what you just said is people are deleting. Well, like I said, you can't delete. This this is going to continue to come up. My guess is John Gruden emailed some other coach in the NFL, sure. and they had these kind of conversations or were part of it. And I don't know if that other person might have said something that's derogatory, but if they did, that's going to be found. Mm -hmm. That's my point. Like, this is not over. You yeah. don't dig out. 
10,000 emails or whatever and find this on John Gruden's, and nobody else is going to be involved. Yeah. This thing is not over in my estimation, and now it's just a matter of who and how surprised will we be when we see it. Well, and then obviously with that being said, it begs the question now, does this turn into people going, you know, like, I don't want to say a witch hunt. A little but, bit. But, but Could be. Does it turn to, you know, we're coming in lock, stock, smoke, and barrel and saying, guess what? Now we're going after everybody. Yeah. Like, show us your emails. Show us your emails. Well, you don't want to show us your emails? Well, you hide it. You know, like, I don't want it to turn into that. I'll be honest with you, because I think that can be a distraction towards an NFL season. Um, if it does weed out some bad individuals, I get that point. But to me, I mean, I think eventually John Gruden would have got found out anyways. Like, I, I'm not sure what kind of person John Gruden is today. Like, yesterday, was he using that language uh, to his friends, whether it's an email or a phone call? I have no idea. Um, but I do know he was using it three years ago. Do other coaches in the league use that kind of language? I mean, I, I've said it many times on this show, even when I played. It's, um, it's an environment of, of, of toxic culture. It, it is. I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. And now, masculinity and toxic uh, And culture. toxic masculinity. Now, has that changed from the 10 years since I played and, until now? Absolutely. You, you better believe it has. But is it perfect? Probably not. I haven't been in a locker room in a long time, but I can probably sit here and say unequivocally that it's not perfect. So this example right here, if, if John Gruen's got to be the fall guy for a little bit and everyone's, you know, oh, I can't believe it's just him, whatever the case may be, I think good will come of this. I think coaches will be put in check and whatever representatives and organizations will be put in check and said, you can't say this stuff. You simply cannot do it. Yeah, I think, like, there's a cleaner... On the other side of all this is a, a cleaner, better place for probably everybody to be, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but this is decades and decades and decades and decades of society and, and everything that continues to now come rich. And some people call it cancel culture. I mean, I think a lot of places, like this way, John Gruden earned this. I mean, he kind of he put, I mean, this was not, I think we could make the debate if it was a one-off thing. If it's cancel and all this stuff and should he be, you know, should he be reprimanded? How much should you yeah. pay for something? But is it seven years worth of this stuff? Did you read the emails? I mean, like, that is a lot of stuff. Like, you can be in a bad place, but you also might think a certain way. And we have to change the way people think sometimes. I mean, that's just the reality of the world we now live in. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, that's usually for the better. I mean, it, it sh you shouldn't be thinking this way and talking this way. But, like, but, and what what would you want John Grant? Do you want him to keep his job? Do you think he's going to be able yeah, to go in that locker room? I many people saying Do you that. think he's, he, he's going to go in that locker room and apologize? Oh, we're all good, guys. It's, it's Let's go focus on the next game here uh, this Sunday. Like, it, it doesn't work like that. You're, the words that you say, the actions that you portray, you, you will carry that weight one way or another. And, and John Gruen is going to carry that weight, and it's simple as that. And you, you are representative of the actions that you say. Oh, I'm sorry, the, the words that you say and the actions that you represent. So, yeah, he, he, got, he got busted. He got caught. Um, obviously, if he didn't, then we're not talking about it today. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're the guy that got caught. I'm sure all the NFL coaches right now are praying that they don't get caught. We'll see what happens from it. But like I said, I think at the end of the day, if progress is the goal here, um, then those people need to be weeded out. Yeah, and progress will be made out of this. Like, to your point, I think, at some point, he just got to, you know, not right this second, as we look back yeah. um, on, on everything. Uh, it's, you know, I will say this about, there are times, right, where we see a, let's just say a 24-year-old kid mm -hmm. coming out of college or something like that mm -hmm. that said something when he was 17. Mm -hmm. in a derogatory way sure. of some nature. Uh, maybe it's, I, mean, I don't even know it. I'm not going to put it no, on the yeah, but yeah. you get it. Yeah, I got it. And I'm always, when that happens, I'm like, man, should we be, 
should we be kind of criticizing, punishing people, canceling people for what this kid said at 17? Is that really who he is now? Did he say something stupid in a bad moment? Was he trying to be cool? Like, listen, I mean, hey, you were a teenager. We're all teenagers. Did you, you might not have said that or did that, but you probably didn't said stupid things, right? Yes. So I wonder that. I'm not saying I let people off the hook for it, but I do wonder at times that we've gone back and read their receipts <laughs> as yeah. social media has first started, yeah. and you're talking about 15, 16, 17-year-old kids at what they said at that time, yeah. and now seven or eight years later, we're like, well, get this person off the earth, right? Sure. This is not that. This is a grown man who is in a leadership position who, again, this was not a one-off thing. Mm -hmm. This is seven years of evidence of this stuff. Like, to me, this is a totally different situation than that. So if you're like, well, should we be going back to 2011? Hey, hey, I got an idea for you. You don't have to go back to 2011. Go back to 2018. You're still saying. I mean, so literally and you go to ago. 17 and 16 and 15 and 14. I mean, this is not a one-off thing. I mean, he, he earned it. He made his own bet. I'm not, well, I guess my point is I'm not always sure the kid at 24 that said it when he was 16, 17 yeah. made his own bed for that. You know what I mean? No, I, no, for sure. It feels like a different well, circumstance. And, and that's definitely where we are right now um, as, a, as a society and as a culture. And, and I agree with you. I think when we're dealing with kids in high school, because I remember being in high school as well. And, and I remember, like, I was, you know, I was one sixtieth <laughs> of the of the mature person that that sits before you today, and that's not saying a lot, because <laughs> because I'm still a, I'm still a kid at the end of the day. But um, to sit here and say, all right, this 17 year old kid that's trying to go to college, that's trying to make a better life for himself, we have to cancel him. We have to say, no, you can't do that anymore because it's something that you said, whether it was a, a, a lyrics or whether it was your own opinions, but whatever the case may be. We sit here and throw that kid aside. We cast that kid aside and said, no, we're, we're, we're taking this away from you now. You've lost your privilege to have a better life or something that you said. Okay, you can sit there and do that, but then what becomes of that kid? Yeah, yeah. D does that kid get an opportunity to learn, or does that kid grow up bitter, ticked off, and now is a... Uh, is, uh, you know, is a detriment to society. Yeah, and when they have kids. I would, exactly. exactly yeah. I, I would go with the latter. You know, I mean, if we learn anything these past couple years of everything that's transpired with, you know, the, the racial injustice stuff, you know, I mean, we can go pick out tons of examples. And, and the Drew Brees one's one that sticks out to me a lot. Was the goal to cancel Drew Brees? Was the goal to try to teach Drew Brees, you know, why maybe that wasn't the right thing to do or maybe where your other black teammates are coming from? I think at the end of the day, that was the goal. And I think the message got through, and they seemed to reconcile, and it was all good. Yeah. We didn't just cancel Drew Brees and said, all right, man, you're done. You know, yeah. your, your story down folk career, you're done. He's actually recovered nicely from that. He's recovered nicely from that. But when you have a situation like John Gruen, who's a 58-year-old grown man, and like you said, you're in the leader, you're, you're in charge of, of men. You're, you're in the leadership position. You're one of 32 guys that has been put in place to help usher this in to a new era in terms of culture building and in terms of just the optics of the NFL. And you do this, you can't. You simply can't. And there's really, I mean, sure, you can go ahead and try to teach John Gruden and you can educate John Gruden, but the position of power has to go away. Yeah, yeah. And it has. Yeah. Uh, that is certainly the case. It's huge news in the NFL. John Gruden uh, resigned. And, and now where do the Raiders go from here from a football standpoint? Certainly something they'll talk about in Vegas, and we'll keep our eye on. Uh, we are at Top Golf Tuesdays at Top Golf. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz back in the studio. Beautiful afternoon here in Jacksonville. Come on out, say a little beer until 6. Josh Scobie joins us at 5. We learn how to kick all over again for the entire NFL. <laughs> uh, and we talk Jags when we come back because uh, Jags have kind of this short, abbreviated week. 
that is redundant, but yes, it, they do because they're going to London. So uh, we talk some more Jags because the Jags talk today. We'll have that on Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690 when we come back. I think the biggest thing is that we listen to what you know, Coach Meyer's been trying to tell us and that you have a bunch of hardworking guys in this locker room and there's no doubt about that. And when you when you're falling short like this, it's not it's, it's just some things might not go your way in a game and you know, minor details like I fumbled for a touchdown on Sunday. You know, that's stuff that just can't happen. But I think the biggest thing is you can't quit working hard. It's something that we're definitely gonna keep doing because we have no choice other than to do that. That is Dan Arnold. I like this guy. Yeah. Even though I don't even hold it too much against him that he fumbled on that. I think it's a tough play for a receiver, but he took blame for it today. He said, I got to do a better job of, of uh, uh, locking that ball up. Yep. And he said, by the way, he thinks he did make a football move. It was a fumble. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I let the rest off the hook maybe, but I know Jacksonville was like, really, really? I do believe that was one of those plays that if it was ruled incomplete. Yeah then it probably wasn't going to get overturned. But at the same time, they're now trained to basically let those plays go. As and they so should, the though. officials did the right thing in that situation. As right? they should. Yeah. I mean, just say Miles Jack wasn't down one time, and yeah. there you go. <laughs> That's so, it, right? I've yeah. uh, been on the other end of that. So yeah. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, uh, Top Golf Tuesdays at Top Golf. Josh Kobe will join us uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Casey Kurtz here as well, pushing all the buttons. Do you have, like, a favorite golf, uh, favorite game here at Top Golf? Or do you just like to hit it to the back of the net? Yeah, I just I just play hit it as far as I can, and, and I do pretty well at it, Brent. So I know I've never really. I mean, like the usual ones. Just is it? What do they, what do they call it? Just classic or? Yeah, yeah, because you can, yeah, just yeah. go off there all the targets, how many points you can get closest yeah. to the middle. Well, the one that we used to play, we did Jags Report live here, and I, I like this game. It's I think it's called Play Nine or something, um, but it's like you, you got to hit all nine uh, oh, things okay. on the uh, yellow uh, target. Okay. And you got to see how quick you can get it. Gotcha. You know, like how yeah. many swings. Yeah. And so it's a nice quick game, depending on how good you Well, I was going to say, a nice quick game is debatable. But it is debatable. I mean, I'd probably start throwing the golf ball and trying to make it in. <laughs> we, we may have done that in the past. Okay. <laughs> may have done that. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I forget what my record was. I think I'd be pretty decent at it. It's like 18 times to get all nine. All nine's hard now. That's impressive. Yeah. 18 times? Yeah, but we played a lot that year. I remember okay. a couple years back when we were here every Monday night. Sure. Uh, How was it with James Robinson last night? James Robinson was fantastic. Good guest? He was good, yeah. I like it. Yeah, he's going to join us a lot, by the way, uh, over there at Sneakers. Um, I think we have him for 12 shows. So I, I don't want to say every week, but it's like almost every week now through cool. the rest of the season. Uh, Jihad Ward will join us a couple more times as well. We had him already like three times, I believe, on the show. So that's the way we did it this year. And James, uh, his family was over there. Nice. Uh, James was good. Uh, he, he did say something that was pretty interesting to me. I got to go back exactly, and I, I had asked him two things. I asked him, well, I asked him a lot of things, but I asked him two things specifically. One about why aren't you in the game more, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Are they really trying to look at last year we had all that production and trying to keep people rested, like even if ETN was still in the mix? Yes. And he said, yeah, he's like, we wanna, we're rotating people to keep people fresh, you sure. know? So he kind of confirmed that. Now, he didn't say, listen, there's a plan for me to get 82% of the snaps in him and hide this, and obviously ETN isn't around. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to keep it fresh, right, and run the ball throughout. Okay. We can all debate that, right, because what has he had? Like a, his highest carry so far is 18, I think. That is correct. He's had that in two different games. Yes. So, again, I still think that's criticism warranted mm -hmm. for the coaching staff because I don't feel like James is worn out mm -hmm. uh, five games in. But I get the concept. 
I get the concept of sharing the load a little bit. You just got to pick your spots. Like you can't be, you can't have one of your best players in, if not your best player, not in the game, seven straight snaps inside the ten if you don't score. <laughs> okay, I would say so. You yeah. can if Carlos Hyde walks in and we don't question it, but you can't if we have to go back and question it and look at why you didn't score. Mm -hmm. So that's what life as an offensive coordinator. You li you take that risk if you're going to keep him out of the game. Mm -hmm. The other thing <laughs> I kind of said, I was like, listen, that play got blown up at the line, right? You you wouldn't have got in either. And he wasn't <laughs> ready to admit that sure. necessarily. Yeah. He wasn't like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't matter if he had a Herschel Walker running. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's no. not really what his reaction. I like that. Like, that's you have to ask Carlos. <laughs> well, uh, that's a good thing that you didn't ask him all the, in, uh, when he played the Bengals then. If Trevor would have pitched the ball, who would have got in? I actually did. I asked him about that play. Yep. And, and yeah. well, well, he didn't say if he pitched. He said, but he, he thought he made the right read there. Okay. Because if in, he watched the play. Yeah. He said, as you see the play develop against Cincy, there's a big hole. Sure. And he saw it, and it got closed up and clogged up, and he pointed out the good play that he made. Way to, way to defend your quarterback there, yeah, James. He did a good that's, job. That's a good job. He did. Yep. Yep. He did. He wasn't yep. throwing anybody under the bus. No, no, uh, no. But I, I did share a tweet. We, we had some fun with him at the end of the show. So if you didn't see that, you have to go back and look. It'll be hard to explain. But... Um, Hey, let's hold off. Uh, hey, let's go. What the heck? Let's do the rookie report card, QB. What the heck? Um, there's Hit a lot the of soundtrack, Casey. A lot of good sound coming out of Jags headquarters today about uh, Trevor Lawrence and just the maturity, right? The leadership, the growth, the 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 man. He's working his butt off to try to get this thing right. All that stuff. Dan Arnold. Mm -hmm. I saw Jamal Agnew. Guys have been around the league a little bit now, mm -hmm. um, so those are good comments. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in general. How did you think he did? on Sunday afternoon from a grading standpoint? I'm going to give Trevor Lawrence a B. I think it was probably the best showing that he's had so far. Um, you know, he had the one turnover. Well, he really had two, but the one guy was a penalty, right? And the, the one that got called back. Well, wasn't there another interception, but it was a penalty? Or no, am I mistaken? No, no, it was just only one. Okay, no, only one. Okay, well, it was just one towards the end of the game then. Um, two touchdowns. Nice throw in the end zone. Ran one. I think it's a solid B. You didn't win the game, so I have to be a little critical about that. But overall, progress. Offense looked at times to be on sync, and then you get in the red zone, and we know what happened there. So I, I give him a B. Uh, I think I gave him a B, too. Uh, yes, I did. We're, oh, on, the same we're page. on the same page for once. Unbelievable. Here's why, by the way, I think I graded him a little harsher than last week for two reasons. Um... One of them being, I think he did miss some plays, like mm -hmm. I saw. I have no, listen, he probably missed more plays Thursday night against the Bengals than I even saw as well, but I didn't think he missed many. I thought he had good decisions. I thought he was pretty on target. I thought this game, I think he made a bad read on like fourth and four. I think he did. I haven't confirmed that. I think he missed LaVisca Chennault on first down and goal from the five, which we wouldn't even have to talk about fourth down. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was a critical play. I mean, that's a chance to get in. You can't miss right there in my opinion. Yep. So I think there were a couple of spots. And then I did, you know, we talk about this. We keep saying, what's the next step? What's the next step? And I know you say winning, and I, I kind of feel your, what you're saying there in terms of winning. But I'm this el the elevation of play, I saw it on one drive. I told you about that drive yesterday. Yeah. Third and two, nice play to Marvin Jones. He spins out of a, a pressure, finds Tavon Austin. Then on fourth and goal, he makes the tough, nice, good pass for a touchdown to uh, Hollister. Mm -hmm. I think we need more of that. You're watching Herbert, right? You watched Burrow, even last year, do a little bit of that. I think we need to see that moment. I mean, Lamar Jackson did put the Ravens on his back yesterday. Mm -hmm. Can we get to the stage? Now, I don't think they want him doing it all game. 
but can he do more of that? He did it on the one drive. Can he do a little bit more of that? I'm asking a lot probably out of him, but if you're going to keep losing games, I need to see you doing almost all that. Now, again, on the touchdown that got overturned, I think it was a hell of an effort by him. Like you could see the want to to get in. Sure. He was trying to carry the team right there, you sure. know? Uh, so I see a lot of great things from Trevor Lawrence. I really do. I think uh, probably a few plays off than last week and still chasing that first win yeah. uh, is the difference for me. All right, Zach Wilson. Oh, I gave him a D minus. I think I gave him a C minus, and I probably should have been more harsh. His first halves have been awful. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry. I gave Zach Wilson a D. I just want to. It wasn't D minus. It was a D. Still bad, though. But it was. I watched that game, um, and yeah, he, especially in the first half, just did not look comfortable. Um, overshot his guys, underthrew his guys. Just wasn't a good brand of football from Zach Wilson, especially against a, a team in the Atlanta Falcons that aren't really considered uh, a, a top secondary. True. Say. And, and by the way, not only that, they can't. Um, he didn't build off the week prior, right? Correct. And and so you want to see more growth. Well, you didn't get that with Zach Wilson. Yeah. So I gave him a C minus. But the first halves for the Jets are pitiful. Mm-hmm. Like they are really bad in the first half. Trey Lance, I gave him a C minus. Trey Lance, I gave a C. Yeah, I mean, overall, you know, kind of no touchdowns, no, uh, he had one interception. Um, I think his saving grace was his ability to run with the football. Uh, 16 carries, 89 yards. Did you see that one? Got stuck in the goal line as well. Uh, At the end of the day, just kind of meh for, for Trey Lance. Yeah, by the way, I don't know if we've seen enough out of Trey Lance, even in the preseason. We had the 180 yard play. Yep. I'd be like, oof. Have we been like, oh, wow, yet with Trey Lance? I don't feel like we have. No, I mean, we've had the Trey Lance in, in glimpses. Yeah, but they're like two-yard runs, No, you for know? sure. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not surprised at that. Like, I think we both agreed that all the quarterbacks coming from this That's class, true. it would take him the longest to uh, adjust and, and get comfortable in the NFL, and you see that right now. Yeah, Justin uh, Fields, I gave him a B-plus. The guy's winning football games. I get, yeah, yeah for sure. But, I, I mean, it's not sexy by any means. Oh, no, I gave Justin Fields a B. Um, they're getting it done with the run game more than his arm right now or letting him lead the way. You still won the football game. Um, you still did suitable, so I'm giving you a B. I gave Mac Jones a B plus, and then mostly because of the poise and the getting it done at the end. Like, that's where we want to see Trevor, right? All these young guys, how will they do at the end? Zach Wilson had a little bit of that last week in him. Yeah. Where can we get to that stage? Jack's going to be in position to do that, first of all. But... Mac Jones did it against a bad Houston team. He wasn't great all game. By the yeah. way, he got outplayed by Davis Mills most of the game. Correct. But it, when it counted and they came back and got the win, you got to give him credit for that. So Mac Jones, 23 for 30, 231 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I gave him a B. Um, it's solid, you know. Uh, the, the, the turnover kind of cost you a little bit. You did win the football game. You let him down. You did what you had to do. So to me, that's going to be a B for him. I think if I'm in New England, I'm asking, okay, when's this get elevated a little bit? Can he do a little bit more? Like, mm-hmm. Max proven he can do the dink and dunk and run that offense stuff, but can he push it a little, right? I mean, you're probably asking a little bit about Mac. I mean, yeah. it, same thing. Is he going to wow me? Right now, everybody's enamored with his poise and comfortability, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah. But, I mean, sooner or later, at that position, you kind of want to be wowed by a play too, right? Sure, and I think the problem right now with the Patriots is, you know, they've been a team in the past that's relied so much on the run game. Well, they're not really getting that right now with yeah. Harris. Um, James White goes down with an injury. You know, N- Nelson Aguilar, well, that, and then Nelson Aguilar, you know, being a deep threat, he hasn't really been that guy too much. Jacoby Myers has been okay. So, you know, in terms of the weapons, I mean, he's got tight ends and, and he's got receiving running back. So, you know, if it's there, take what they're giving you. Yeah, that is fair. He doesn't have a ton of weapons, yeah. uh, really, to go get it. Uh, Davis Mills is my high score of the week, the, man. I gave him an A-. minus. How can I give that guy an A? 
Yeah, well, um, I, I gave it away, and, 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 and no, for sure. And and if I he would have won, last week. And, and and if he would have won, I would have given him an A plus. It's just, I mean, it's insane what that guy was able to do, especially because I gave him an F the, the previous week. Twenty-one for twenty-nine, three hundred and twelve yards, three touchdowns against a Bill Belichick coach defense. Say no more, Who man. Feasts, by the way, usually on yeah. rookie quarterbacks, hey, right? Say no more. You get an A. And I didn't see the Davis flow Davis. of this game, but when they were up big, my guess is they had a chance somewhere along the way to extend it and kind of, and I don't know if he cost them, honestly. I didn't see enough of it to know. Yeah. Uh, but still, the bottom line is, that played fantastic. Yeah. I don't, it feels a little fluky like a one-off thing, but let's keep an eye on it now, right? Because he I mean, was awful to start, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. maybe he's getting a little bit more comfortable. They're getting comfortable with him. Three touchdowns, zero turnovers. I mean, let's be honest here. Is this the most impressive rookie performance this year in quarterback grades. I think it is. I feel gross saying that with Davis Mills. <laughs> I, I, I really do. Well, I really do. Go take a shower. I mean, I mean we, we, we have a, a, a brand new, fresh out of the box Trevor Lawrence that, that we're trying to get you know going here, and you get this raggedy old Davis Mills coming in, stealing the show. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't know either. All right, I know how I feel this. we got to take a break. That's your QB rookie report card for week number five of the NFL season. Uh, quick thought on uh, that game last night, Lamar Jackson and uh, company. Wow, how what a performance that was in the second half. That's coming up Tuesdays from Top Golf Continues. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Come on out and join us. Be here until 6. Josh Scobie joins us in about an hour for the final hour of the show. Tuesdays from Top Golf on ESPN 690. Man, that's special. You know, uh, I mean, he's just scratching the surface of how good he can be. You know, I mean, I think he's still what, 24 years old. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is crazy uh, what he's capable of doing. And, you know, I mean, I know he's notorious for what he can do with his legs. You know, and I feel like he got a lot of a lot of disrespect, you know, uh, on his arm talent. You know, I think people a lot of, a lot of people eating the words right now, and it feels good to see because I see it in practice. I saw him practice all last year, see him practice all this year, and um, you know, it's just great to see it come out in big games and big moments. A Monday Night Football, man, I don't get no bigger than this. You know, it's, it's huge. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. That's Calais Campbell. And uh, had a huge block. By the way, underrated stat for Calais. I don't know how many that is. I didn't look it up, but he's got several in his career. Like, these. That's why he's on there. I mean, he's six foot eight, so yeah. <laughs> he's got that big paw up there. And by the way, I think uh, Blankenship pulled the next one because of Calais. You, oh, you think so? Oh, man, because yeah. you could see. And I thought Calais was getting in again, but sure. I think he was very wary of that side of the, the rush. Yeah. And Calais actually got through initially, but then didn't wasn't able to cross over and block it. Mm -hmm. But I think he pulled it because of that. I, I, I mean, I think Calais, he was, Calais was in Blankenship's head. And Blankenship had Very some well injury stuff, too. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he was in his head a little bit. Brett Martin, oh, Austin Lane, Tuesdays at Top Golf. Uh, Lamar Jackson, man. Here's the deal. I, this is what I have with Lamar Jackson. I'm not I have. I think we're both like this. We haven't been sold that, like, okay, if I could take Josh Allen, if I could take Patrick Mahomes, if I could take... Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying young guys. Oh, young guys. Okay, guys. Right? Like yeah. even Justin Herbert or yeah. if I could take Lamar Jackson. If we did like the old kickball line and, and said, Murray. okay, who are you going to take? Yeah. I just don't know if people would take Lamar Jackson yeah. near the top. And in fact, he might be the last pick, say, so, in the five guys that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being completely honest with you. It's not because I don't think he can play. I just don't – I've never thought the consistency would be there. And even in the first half last night, I'm like, Ty, see, that's like 
Lamar had a ball in the end zone where he threw it, and it wasn't even close to the guy. Now, the guy was actually covered pretty well, but I just said, that's what I wonder about, the accuracy, the the can you make those kind of throws. I know you're going to be electric at times, but all the guy does in the second half is miss like three passes, 400 yards in the second half, puts them on their back, doesn't miss a pass, doesn't miss a play, and it's like, Brent, you're an idiot. I mean, this guy's awesome. So, no, for sure. <laughs> you know, and, and the crazy thing about this game was, is that if you would have told me by halftime what the score was, and then you tell me that Baltimore comes back to win the game, I'm like, oh, well, obviously Lamar Jackson, the second half, got his legs going, must rush like at least 200 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and that's how he got him back. He literally put the team on his back. And that wasn't the case at all. Lamar Jackson only rushed for 62 yards, which is still good in its own right, but yeah. th th those aren't Lamar Jackson numbers that we're accustomed to, especially to try to pull a comeback and win a game. But when you pass for 442 yards and four touchdowns, 37 for 43, you got done with your arm. And I tip my hat to Lamar Jackson because that's been the biggest question mark of Lamar Jackson yeah. is that when they take the runaway, if they give you a quarterback spy or, or you know, that they play a zone coverage where they take the middle of the field away, how do you respond? Can, can you rely on your arm? Now, we've seen in the past where he's wanted to, right? Like it, in the past, we've seen Lamar Jackson be a run-first guy. Yep. Those days are gone. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's trying to keep trying himself... Trying to stay in the pocket. Trying to stay in the pocket, keep himself healthy, which is the smart thing to do. Colts dared him to throw it. Correct. But in the past, we've seen him go, okay, I mean, you let me throw, I'll throw it, but it hasn't been, you know, a top-tier type of arm. Well, you saw 37 for 43. That's top tier, man. I mean, that's... It's unbelievable. That's, that, that's amazing, and, and he's earned a lot of respect in the NFL because of it. Here's the thing, too. I said this about Josh Allen watching the other day, and I, I think, guys, they throw from different arm slots. Yeah. Right around linebackers. You watch... Go watch that game. Yes, Lamar Jackson in these tight windows down near the goal line. He's sneaking it into Mark Andrews for the two-point conversion. Yeah. Like, the ability to do that, I think, is big now. On the move, throw, sidearm, whatever... We see Mahomes be able to do it. We're seeing guys be able to do it. I think Aaron Rodgers has done it for a long time. So I just think it looks different for Lamar. And I'll tell you this. I don't think anybody galvanizes a team by his play or a play like yeah. Lamar. I think they all feed off it. They see like, holy cow, this guy, he is fun on this one play. And it's like, Boom, let's go get a defensive stop. Let's go block a field goal. Let's go make a catch. I'm not sure there's anybody in the game that galvanizes their team like Lamar just basically off his play. Now you have the call score to 1-4. Is it shocking to you? Like, just in a couple years ago, we're talking about when the Texans and the Titans are in the playoffs, you know, making some noise, and now look where we're at in terms of a division. The AFC South's terrible. A little more yeah. talk on that. More Jack Some Jags talk. I haven't even talked a lot about Jags. We will do that uh, when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Live from Top Golf Tuesdays at Top Golf.